And Valerie doesn't like when I pick up my Tennessee uh, charm. I can't help it, y'all. I spend a lot of time in Tennessee. By the way, did, uh, I think it was Nashville got hit with a horrible tornado. Wiped out uh, really bad. All right, I don't start till you have at least 50 people in the room, so you go out and get some folks. <laughs> so, did everybody get to say hi to at least one or two people this morning? Do my fellowship time. All right, we do have a little handout for you. If you didn't get one, uh, the good servant Joshua is coming through. Basically, when it comes to the adult Sunday school, I pretty much decided we don't start till about 22 because that's the way it's working out every week, so that's all right. Well, if you start preaching last, then we get out there and eat more. Yeah, I know. I, that, those long-winded preachers never know when to be quiet, you know. All right, looks like we just about got all that are coming aboard are aboard. Again, congratulations for being here this morning. And uh, if you're here for the first service, you missed it. <laughs> One dear lady came up and uh, said, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I missed it. And I'm like, that's okay. You have to listen to it twice now on tape. It's still <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about the acceleration of Christian persecution. It's a, folks, it's, it's, it's something that many of us in this room, unless you pay attention to the news media or go on uh, specific sites on the Internet, you're not going to have a clue about what's happening. I, I don't like to be an alarmist. But folks, there are truly some very, very alarming things that are, that are going on around the world, and there's some things that are literally starting to, not starting, they've been going on for quite some time, but there's some really serious issues that are taking place in our country when it comes to our religious freedoms. Back when Union Grove Baptist probably started, just something as simple as, let's go door to door. Now, if you, most folks uh, today don't do that anymore. It's a rarity where you find a church that people go door-to-door at, and, and meaning where God's people go out and knock on doors, invite folks to churches. Today, you might get a shotgun put, put in your face when you do that. I, I want to commend in, uh, uh, the Steve Brown family. Is, they're actually at his dad's church this morning. They are one of the last, and this is, this is and I commend them for it, David Brown's church is one of the few churches that still goes out and goes door-to-door soul winning, uh, trying to win folks to Christ. They go door-to-door, knocking on doors, try to talk to people. And, uh, and I commend them for it. It's not a methodology that's practiced a lot anymore for multiple reasons. One of the big reasons is in certain communities, if you go knocking door-to-door, people are going to call the police, and the police are going to tell you to knock it off. There's ordinances against it. So those are some of the freedoms that we used to have, which uh, don't exist anymore. Uh, Certain of you in your workplace, you'll find that if you put a Bible on your desk or you start to talk to somebody about Christ even during a break, they're going to go complain to human resources and you're going to get a talking to. So 
those are minor things. It's major maybe to you, but it's minor compared to the things we're going to look at today. So uh, now that uh, folks are getting situated, it looks like we're pretty well ready to go. Again, we're going to talk about the acceleration of Christian persecution. The main thing we're going to focus on this morning are the significant, very, very difficult places that people have to live around the world. On the map, if you look at it up on the screen, those areas, the darker red uh, it gets is is horrible persecution that's taking place. You'll see that various continents have persecution. And I'm not talking about when people show up at work and they say, hey, put your Bible away, we don't want to see that here. I'm talking about people being beat up. I'm talking about having them killed. I'm talking about severe uh, destruction of personal property. It is a very, very significant issue around the world today. And every one of the colored areas on that map is referring to places where what I talked about, severe persecution, is going on today. So what we're going to do for the next half an hour is I'm going to take you through some of the biblical concepts about persecution. We'll look at some of the things around the world that are taking place, and then we'll close with uh, looking at a prophetic picture of what's to come. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, folks, I don't like talking about what I'm going to say right now, but this is one personal illustration that I can bring to the table. For those of you that know that I was in the sheriff's office for 33 years, we ran for the office um, about it's almost two years ago now. There was about a million dollars spent on our campaign. 500000 against us, 750000 against us, and about 500000 for us. That's a lot of money for a silly sheriff's office race. The $700,000 that was spent against us, what they did was, and I have a lot of sermons on sermon audio, dozens and actually hundreds probably. So what the media did was they went through all my messages and they began to try to find something where they could use to slander uh, who I was so they came up with, I mean, they, I, the good thing was they listened to hundreds of my messages. I was real happy about that. One person actually got saved out of it, which I'm really happy about. But there were others that, one specific group that said, ah, we think we got something. So I was doing a counseling session, or a, a session with uh, Dr. Greg Huffman on WVCY radio. And they found that tape. And in it, it talked about restoring relationships. So we were talking about husbands and wives that were having difficult times, and once the repair is made, and it was very clear on the, on the tape what we were talking about, but talked about getting back together. So they cut a couple of different pieces out of the tape, and they used the Christian message to say this, and some of you have read it, and actually I've been questioned about by some of you, and I'm glad you, you asked me so we could clear it up. The question basically came, or the statement basically came out from the media that I was encouraging ladies that were being beaten up at home to submit to their husbands and go back to them. That was the message the media put out. Now, folks, here's the the truth of the the biblical statement on that, just to clear that up because I just threw it out there, right? The concept was if, if a lady is in a 
horrible domestic situation is being beat up, threatened, whatever, they need to get out of there. Now, not necessarily go to the extent of a divorce and so forth, but they need to be protected. And by the way, if hubby's beating up mommy, Christian or not, do not pass go, go to jail. That's my position, and that's Dr. Huffman's position. But they made it sound like go back home and get beat up. That's the right thing to do. No. Why am I bringing that out? Because it's a little teeny form of using the Christian message to try and skirt around truth. I could go through just dozens of things like that 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 the media used and so forth, and very well-endowed groups liberal groups that came out and spent lots of money to try and knock us down. That's on the scale of 1 to 10 on persecution, that's about a 0.05. Not much. What we're looking at today, though, is that everyone who wants to live for Jesus Christ, and folks in America, if you're truly wanting to live for Christ, you will suffer some forms of persecution. You may not get beat up, You may not have your uh, house burned down, but you're going to suffer persecution. It's going to come. Acts chapter 8, verse 1, Now Saul, who later became known as the Apostle Paul, was consenting to his death, the death of Stephen. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles." early church, when, when they started preaching about Jesus Christ, remember, it was a Jewish-dominated culture. It was also a pagan-dominated culture. And when the apostles began to preach about Jesus, they were persecuted. And again, all who want to live godly in this age will be persecuted. What's the apostle Paul say about it? Second Corinthians chapter 11. To our shame, I say that we were too weak for that, but in whatsoever anyone is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Paul is getting smacked down for being a Christian. And he says, yeah, I'm going I'm to give a defense of my faith. Here's what I've given as a Christian for the faith. Verse 22. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And here's what Paul's saying he had to go through as a Bible-believing, preaching Christian to get the message out. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, that means beatings. That means a stick and whooping him. In stripes, more above measure. In prison. Have anybody here gone to prison because you're a Christian? Now maybe if you sat out in front of an abortion clinic in certain places, they might have thrown you in jail. That happens. In stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently. Why? Because of his faith. In deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. What he's saying is five times they took the cat of nine tails, whoosh, 49 stripes on the back. Three times I was beaten with rods. Anybody here been beaten with rods for your faith yet? Hope not. Once I was stoned. They left them for dead. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have spent in the deep, in the sea. In journey's office, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. What's he saying? Everybody was against him. They were just whooping on him. 
giving them a hard time, beating them up, taking them to the threshold of death in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in the perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weakness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things. Besides all that, you know what really hurts? What comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Are you kidding me, Paul? You're suffering like no one else has suffered besides Christ himself. You've been beaten, you've been thrashed. You've, oh my goodness, he's suffering. And Paul says, listen, besides all that other silly stuff, which doesn't really matter, I care about God's people. Does that fit into this morning? AM message about God loving people? Paul's heart just was broken. It was worse than having to go through all that stuff. We just, I mean, beaten up, persecuted, left for dead. And he says, I care more about God's people and all that stuff. I'll heal up. I'll be okay. But God's people, wow, that's amazing. So we have an awakening of Christian persecution, which is taking place again. So now we're going to look at alarming worldwide persecution which is taking place if you can see on the screen it says 900 churches in northern nigeria have been destroyed by boko haram by the way boko haram is an is, is an islamic terrorist group if you study terrorism which i have boko haram is one of those top ones most of you know uh hamas or hezbollah or isis uh, Islamic Jihad, which is actually a fairly new one down in Gaza Strip of Israel. But all these things, Boko Haram is a very, very violent group that hates Christians with a passion. Valerie and I have a, a good set of friends named uh, the Allens, Christian Jen Allen, and they, they're from Indiana. Their daughter, and, and Valerie, how old is uh, um, Natalie? About 20 years old. Chris Allen was a, was a pastor of a church. His daughter, Natalie, his daughter, I was like, when I found out where she went on a mission trip, I'm like, here's what I would say if I wasn't in church. Dude, are you crazy? He sent his daughter, allowed his, he didn't send her, he allowed his daughter, Natalie, to go to Nigeria last month. 20-year-old girl. I'm like, I never talked to him, but I'm like, I'm thinking that is the craziest thing I've ever heard because they are chopping heads off of pastors, persecuting them, beating them mercilessly over and over and over again. On Facebook, we got a picture of Natalie dressed in a, basically a, a modified hijab, which is, uh, um, you know, everything's covered up. And there she was in the middle of that. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And we began to pray for her. I mean, my goodness. That's like, I mean, you're in the lion's dead in Nigeria. 900 churches in northern Nigeria have been destroyed by Boko Haram. 16,000 Christians have been killed. Folks, we're not talking about something that happened 100 years ago. That is a current statistic. 16,000 killed since 2015, including up to today. 
The first African church mission in Hoss, Nigeria on July 6th, just one of many pictures of the destruction. They burn them down. Nigeria ranks as the 12th worst country in the world when it comes to Christian persecution, according to the Open Doors of 2019. Now, everything that I'm going to show you this morning, except for a very few clips, has to do with things that, uh, and of course statistics come out yearly, so most of these are from the end of 2019, which is just a few months ago. So this is stuff that is happening as we speak. On December 24th, a few more on Boko Haram, two, uh, on, on, on December 2nd, 19, uh, I'm, I'm messing this up, dozens of Boko Haram fighters stormed the village of Kwaran Guliam, 10 miles from Shibuk on trucks and motorcycles, as villagers fled, fighter, fighters fired shots and set homes on fire. A church was also burned. They killed seven people, abducted a teenage girl in the attack. A local vigilante told uh, the, the press they took away food stuff and burnt many homes before leaving. Folks, this just happened. Is that persecution? Oh yeah, that's severe persecution. Chinese government sentenced Pastor Wang Yi of the Early Rain Church to nine years in prison for preaching the gospel. So how'd you like to be a missionary in China? And all of a sudden the authorities show up at, at the door of your church, say, Pastor, come on down, brother. Knock it off. Shut the doors. Burn the buildings down. Lock the doors. Sentenced to prison for... Can you, can you imagine? I hope you can. Now, if you're here and you've been in prison or jail, God bless you. It's all good, right? You're here now. Most of you have not been to jail. Want to know a secret? I spent about 5 to 15 years in jail running it. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> Not a pleasant place. In these countries, less than pleasant. A senior member of the Christian Association of Nigeria, again, Pastor Lawan Adimi, has been kidnapped by the Islamic extremist group Boko Haram January 3rd, 2020. I'm not sure if he's one of them, but I've been reading multiple clips on pastors that have been inducted in Nigeria and they no longer are living. And they usually kill them by beheading. So let's go through some of the different things that are noted as part of persecution on the 2019 watch. And this is a group that puts together a watch of all the countries and what's taking place. So here's, here's the things that are affecting our uh, Christians around the world. Private life. The freedom to private prayer. No can do. The freedom to freedom of thought. How in the world do you control thought? Well, as soon as it comes out and you say something about what you're thinking, you can get nailed for it. The right to convert to the faith of one's choosing. Our Muslim friends, the jihadists, anyone who converts from Islam to Christianity or any other religion is the worst of offenses. Now folks, we as Christians are hated by the jihadist Muslims. But someone who changes their faith 
is in all likelihood going to die. It's no joke. If someone claims to be a Christian in our country in terms of something else, what does the Christian community do? Do we go out and punch them out, beat them up, slash them up, burn their house down? No. What do we do? We pray for them. We tell them we love them. A little different. Community life. Clothing clothes. And we're not just talking like the hijabs that the Muslims wear, but in all different cultures you'll find different head wrappings and cloaks and uh, different types of things. Monitoring by one's community. Folks, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on the Muslims, but they make it so easy, unfortunately. And again, I want to say this. I'm not saying these things to say you shouldn't love these people. You need to love the Muslim people. You need to love uh, the Hindus. You need to love other folks of other religions. God, Jesus Christ, died for them the same as he did for me and you. Now, I'm not going to subscribe to what they do. I will fight that to the death. But I'll also love them to the death too, if you, if you catch what I'm saying. I've got to care for them, pray for them, witness. Kidnapping. Forced marriage. It's no joke. Young ladies are being taken out of their homes. Boko Haram, other groups, other terrorist groups around the country, they will come into a Christian school. Christian school. Very dangerous in these countries. They will come in, they will kill the leaders, they will abduct the young girls, they will take them, they will force them to be intimate slaves, and you can read between the lines, and force them to marry individuals of that group. Enough said? Community life, again, pressure to renounce religious beliefs. Listen, you renounce Jesus Christ or we will kill you on the spot. You've seen it on the internet. It's no joke. It is happening. Discrimination at work, obstruction of business for religious reasons. So you go work in a a community, specifically And again, got to pick on it because it's true. You go to a Muslim country and you're a Christian, you can probably forget about getting employed. And if they find out you've turned to Christianity, you'll probably be terminated, you'll probably be persecuted, and you probably are going to suffer loss financially, potentially your own property or your own health. Access to health care and education. You're not one of us, you get nothing. They don't follow the Bernie Sanders methodology. Did I? I'm sorry, I should have said that. Legal rights, national life, rights to unbiased judicial process, equal treatment by the government doesn't happen for those who don't subscribe to their religions. Fair participation in public life does not happen for those who claim Christianity. Church life. Can Christian churches conduct their business? In other words, if we're preaching here today and we're in certain countries, right through that door, the government can come through, the terrorist groups can come through, they can grab the pastor, they can throw him out, they can put him in jail, they can arrest all of you, and they can hold you on the ground and say, listen, you recant of your Christianity or you're going to die just like your pastor. Do you know how many people, to me it's amazing, God bless these people. they got to have some spiritual gift I don't have. I'm probably not just going to put my head down and say, yeah, whatever, take it off. 
I'm going to fight where they're trying to take it off. I mean, I'm just, I'm just not built that way. But can you imagine that? Can you imagine seeing your wife, your children, your mom, your dad laid out on the floor and you either recant or we're going to kill you right now? I mean, folks, this is real. I'm not, I'm not trying to be sensational here, but folks, it's absolutely happening. Every single day around the world, it's happening. Can churches open and worship and pray and teach? Some places they cannot. Are there obstacles for Christian gatherings? Can churches, uh, regi- do they have to register with the government? Well, in all likelihood, almost every church in America is registered in some way with the government. Tax exemption. They're talking about if you don't do exactly what we say, we're going to close your doors. You think that's going to happen in America someday? I hope the rapture happens first. Can Christians live out their ethical beliefs in their family and marriage? Not in certain places. Violence. Is there serious physical violence? Unjust and extended house arrest. Gross damage to Christian property. Happening all over the country. Uh, Violent crime cases against Christians. Serious damage to church buildings. Extended unjust imprisonment. Kidnapping. Rape and... and, uh, Intimate harassment, and for the young people in the room, I'm being sensitive. So what's going on around the world? All different faces, all different types of people, all different places around the world are suffering persecution. The Christians are. Egypt, January 1st, 2020, on New Year's Eve, four Christian families in the Egyptian village of Fabari lost their homes to Muslim extremists. Four of the believers were arrested when police arrived. Christians planned a New Year's Eve prayer service that night in the Egyptian church, waiting for official registration. The extremists also attacked a church building and the Christians in it. Another country, Egypt. I was there some years ago. I'll leave it at that. Islamic oppression continues to impact one million of, or millions of Christians. Seven out of the ten World Watch List countries, which is the group that watches the persecution. The primary cause of persecution is Islamic oppression. And again, please, I don't want you walking out of here and saying, ah, we need to rise up against the Muslims. We need to rise up against uh, the Islamic religion. Folks, that's not what God has called me and you to do. Do you know what he's called me and you to do? He's called us to evangelize. He's called us to love folks. Not to subscribe to what they're doing. So the point of this is not doing what they do on the Temple Mount when the Islamic Mufti in Jerusalem stands inside of the the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which they do on Friday. And the Mufti will stand up and thousands of Muslims will be gathered and he will chant death to America, death to Israel. No joke. And then when I'm walking through the streets of Israel after he gets through saying that, and I'm being with my wife and the other visitors if we're in the wrong place at the wrong time, fortunately no one's ever been harmed or touched, but oh my goodness, you should hear the rhetoric. It's no joke. Now we gotta, I'm going to get to this. Here's the statistics, folks, as to what's going on. 
2019 worldwide persecution statistics, 4,136 Christians were killed for faith-related reasons in 2019. Like, ah, it's only 4,000. It could be hundreds of thousands. Wait a minute. It is 4,136. If that was your son, your daughter, your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your loved one, how do you think you'd feel about that one? Uh, much less 4,136 individual individuals that were standing for Jesus Christ. Dead. Eleven Christians are killed on average every single day. Not dying from natural causes, not dying from the coronavirus, dying because somebody decided to kill them. 2,625 Christians were detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, and in prison. What's the charge? Christian. Is that persecution? In the worst way. And in the worst prisons on earth. Catch this number. It's staggering. 245 million Christians around the world are suffering persecution. 245 million. Now, folks, America, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe we're at about 350 million in the country. Am I right? Does that sound right? I think it is. That means almost close to two-thirds or more, three-fourths of all the population of America around the world is being severely persecuted. Scary. I mean, if people aren't walking with God and they wake up and they know they're a Christian and they know the government knows they're a Christian, they know their neighbors know they're a Christian, they got to be scared to death every day unless they're walking with God. And God says, you walk with me, I'll cast out the fear. Got to struggle with the human fear. One in nine Christians experience high levels of persecution worldwide. That's over 10% of all Christians around the world are in horrific danger today. I'm glad I'm part of the, basically, the, the eight out of nine, which is not. And I hope you are too, and thank God you live in this country. Yeah, we get some nasty stuff happen to us. Yes, the media says some nasty stuff. Yes, our co-workers may do some nasty stuff. But I dare say, nobody came in and shut the church down today. Nobody took your property away. Nobody punched you in the nose because you trust Jesus. Nobody swung a machete at you today. And I trust that'll remain. All right, very quickly, I'm going to go through super quick because we've got about seven minutes left, the major countries where these issues are taking place. Now, you can't see this, but you'll see the next couple of slides. Basically, this is the 29 World Watch Center, and here's the main countries that they have on their list. And get through all that. All right, so, oops, sorry. Number one. On the world's most persecuted place to be a Christian, North Korea, Kim Jong-un. Afghanistan, number two place 
to be a Christian, where there are just a handful of them, by the way. And if you're trying to write these down, I'm, gonna, I'm going through about 30 of them real quick here. I'll be happy to give the notes to anybody that wants them or the PowerPoint. Number three, Somalia. Many of you are familiar with Libya, upper north part of Africa. Pakistan. Now, wait a minute. Is that Muslim? Some. Hinduism? Other different religions that are being persecuted, are persecuting Christians and taking them to death, just as bad as the Islamic groups. Sudan, Yemen, here's one everybody knows, ninth verse, you would have thought this would be up in the top one or two, Iran, where there's a very small fraction of Christians (coughs) that exist. Here's one that'll shock a few, India, Pakistan, India, horrible, horrible persecution taking place. I think I told a story a few weeks ago about an Indian pastor I met, in, uh, or a pastor from India uh, in Illinois a few months ago, and I asked him about the persecution there, and he said, if I took my clothes off, you could see all the beatings that I've taken because all the scars are still there. Syria, just the northern country, just on the tip of the northern part of Israel. You ever hear of Damascus? Here are the hundreds of thousands of individuals that have been uh, killed there, their own people. Christians, they have no chance in Syria. Nigeria, we talked about. Iraq, people are familiar with. Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Central African Republic. Turkey, Tayyip Erdogan. Anybody heard of him? If you're a Christian and you go to Turkey now, and I do tours, and I've done tours in Turkey. Seven, uh, the, uh, the seven churches in Revelation. I really don't want to go back there anymore. China, we talked about that. Indonesia, Russia. Now, first of all, they were basically an atheistic country before. Now the dominant religion is starting to come up as, guess what, folks? You know what it is. What is it? Yeah, Islam. Why in the world? And we did this last two weeks ago when we talked about military acceleration that's going on. Russia aligning with China, aligning with Syria, and doing joint military exercises? Huh? And I say, 20 years ago, I would have said, no way. That would never happen. And then I just go read Ezekiel 38, and it tells about all these countries that are aligning against Israel, including Russia, and including Syria, and including Iraq, including China. Isn't it amazing how God already knew what was going to happen? Colombia, Palestinian territories, that's a given. It's everywhere. With a total of 12 Islamic terror attacks in Burkina Faso, Africa, were registered in 2016. Nearly 160 were reported in just the first five months of 2019. We had missionaries from a church I, uh, before uh, where I was an associate pastor for many years. We send people to Burkina Faso every year. Folks, you go to Burkina Faso now and attempt to find a Christian church, you will find a tattered, burned-down church dead Christian bodies. Folks, it is horrific. It, it is going on. Smoke rises from the embassy in France in Burkina Faso, March 2nd, 2018, during jihadi terrorist attack that killed up to 28 people. 
and I'm sorry for this. Again, these are hour and a half lectures I usually give. Egypt, October 13th, a fire completely destroyed St. George Church in Helwan, considered one of the greatest and oldest churches belonging to the Coptic Orthodox Church. Now, the Coptic Church in Egypt is basically a Catholic church, uh, same concept, but doesn't matter whether you're a Bible-believing Christian or you want to name yourself as a Christian, they're going to take them out because they're still not Islamic. They got to go. Egypt, Christian churches burn accidentally or have terrorists char- or, or have terrorists changed operations. No, they haven't changed anything. Wipe out Christians, get rid of us. Okay, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. For what credit is it when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? Peter's saying, listen, if you've done wrong and you get in trouble and then you, you suffer for it, so be it. <laughs> you deserve it. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable. Folks, I hope it doesn't happen to you. I hope you don't have to go through this. But it could happen. You could be one of those who are going to suffer in the future. And God says, listen, as tough as it is, as hard as it may be, praise the Lord for it. Walk with God. I I can't imagine. I, I, I really can't. I just can't imagine being in that circumstance. But because we have to shut down, I want you to just think about this for a moment. I'm not trying to be a, have us all walk out of here with our heads down and like, oh my goodness. But can you think about all our dear friends across the world, Christians across the world, one in nine Christians today, 11 people on statistics will be probably have something like this happen to them. If it's a pastor, there's probably no hope. Take him out, they'll beat him. Take him to some remote place, kill him. Others, like you right here, they're going to be taken outside and they'll give him a chance. Y'all got a chance. You want to do the right thing? Recant your faith in Jesus Christ right now. Recant. Give it up. Recite the Shaddah. There is only one God, Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. Recite that right now and you can live. That's it. All you got to do is recite the Shaddah. Eleven people today will tell the extremists, I can't do that. That's fine. Ah. Gets to you, doesn't it? Now what are we going to do today? We're going to get up in just a moment. We're going to walk out those doors and you're going to rejoice because it's not happening in America today. We feel bad for those. We'll pray for them. It's like, I wish we could do more, but prayer, yeah, God can handle it. God will give those people the grace to somehow get through those things. He will. I don't, I, I've never experienced it. I hope I never have to experience it. 
But I want us to go out and say, oh my goodness, that first message we preached on, loving people, caring about people, that's what all this is about. While we have the chance, while God has given us the peace and the security and the safety right here at Union Grove Baptist Church to go out and do, maybe we got to be a little careful some of the things we do and say, but we still have the freedom to go out and do it without fear of persecution. You're not going to be beat up. Trust not. <laughs> what are we going to do with it, folks? What are we going to do? Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for these dear folks. And Lord, it's... I hate kind of leaving on a negative thought here. So, Lord, I pray that you'd encourage the folks right now. Be thankful that we've been able to enjoy a wonderful service today, Sunday school time, children downstairs, people having a good time and excited in what's taking place here at church. So, Lord, I pray that we continue to pray for our persecuted friends across the world today. Give them the grace that they need to go through these horrific circumstances. And Father, we ask that you would please, please, please keep our government intact. Please, Lord, don't let anything happen with the government officials that would jeopardize what you so graciously allowed us to do here in these states. And Father, please help us to walk out of here and take advantage of the peacefulness the willingness that we should have as God's people to help others and love them to Christ and to love each other as your children. So, Father, help us to walk out and say thank you, dear God, for what we have today. Help us to be a blessing to others. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thanks, folks. Have a great afternoon.